BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's episode of BizQuick, we have a very special treat for you. Corey might even describe it as great. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see where see. this goes. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, for those of you who aren't aware, we have a radio show. It's called Defeat the Chaos. Now, if you're not aware, that means you're not listening to our podcast all the way through to the end because we talk about it in every outro we have. Regardless, or as incorrect grammar people would say, irregardless, irregardless. <laughs> um, we have a radio show, Defeat the Cast, and we've had some fantastic interviews on that show. And so what we're doing over the next several Tuesdays is we are providing you with interviews from Defeat the Chaos. So Corey and I will be recording an, an intro into them, and then we're just going to let the interview from Defeat the Chaos radio show play. And we're, I think you're going to really enjoy these. There's some good conversation. Many of these guests, if not all of them, are repeat guests that have been on BizQuick. But they are they were also on our radio show and we're bringing them back because we talk about some different things. And it's a, it's a, it's a fun way for you to learn more and to familiarize yourself more with some of our favorite guests. That's right. And if there is a guest that you listen to on Defeat the Chaos and they don't make it onto this series. That means we don't like them. I wasn't going to say that. Oh. I was going to let the listeners decide oh. as to why they didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just some of the um, interviews were too close to what we talked about in the original, on their original appearance. It was the biggest lie you've told in a long time. It really was. <laughs> just like when I asked you earlier, how are you doing? You're like, fine. I didn't say fine. <laughs> I never used the word fine with Probably you. Probably not. Because fine is a trigger word. I also try to never just say K. Yeah. I usually spell out okay. Oh, Fair enough. O, O-A-K-Y. Okay. No, O-K-A-Y. <laughs> Okey? <laughs> Okey. <laughs> that reminds me of a funny story, but I'll tell it later. All right, cool. Well, let's jump into it. So we've got Tom McMakin's uh, interview from Defeat the Chaos. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite part of that show? With Tom? Yeah. I, I, I love Tom's sense of humor. I, I love how he opens up by agreeing with me that the NFL is bit bigger than the NBA because of scarcity, but yes. also then works in the violence piece, which was, you know, that's true. We do love, we do love violence. Um, and I really like how he kind of talked us through ways to reasons why we need to continue to sell to existing clients, right? Where, it's a value. It's a service. They already trust us. They know us. And so offering them additional services or additional help when we see something that they need is actually just being a good, it's not only being a good business owner, but it's being a good business partner to the people that we're working with. So I appreciated that different perspective on selling to existing clients. Yes. And I just enjoy talking to Tom in general about selling because selling is not my strong suit. It's not. Um, and I definitely like, like getting walking through that, <clears throat> I guess, getting comfortable selling to people who you've already sold to. And again, 
I don't mind doing that for whatever reason. I have no problem doing it with products. Like if you come in to my restaurant and buy some tacos, I'll try and sell you some more tacos. And I'll be like, come back because I want to sell you more tacos later. But services, for whatever reason, I've just got like this mental block against it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. I really don't. It's almost like you think that what we do at SB Pace doesn't add value. I like how you just, you know, assign things like that. No, that's, I, I'm not saying it's, that's what you think, but I'm saying that's how, that's, that's, that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about feelings now? No, we're not yeah, going to talk about feelings, but uh, no, don't worry. You're safe. <laughs> it's just uh, <laughs> getting paid to talk is weird to me because again, when I'm in the restaurant, that's just part of the job. You just get conversation included with the transaction. So the fact that there's nothing going along with that conversation really is just strange to me. That's, but that's not true when you say there's nothing going with no, it. Nothing physical, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nothing physical to go along with that conversation. I mean, I could, I don't, I, this is going to sound like I'm, you know, tooting my own horn, patting myself on the back. Do it. I, I don't think I've shared this with you. I... I'm 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 I am guilty of withholding a lot of information from you lately. Okay, what's that? Well, I just think if you want to know, you'll ask, and when you don't ask, I don't tell anymore. So it's my so don't. What are, what are you, I I have a don't ask, don't tell policy so now. What are you withholding from me then? No, I mean just lots of things. A lot of things about. Well, SP what was Pace. the one thing that that triggered that? Oh, I was going to read to you. Uh, a something that one of the people from my mastermind sent me. Okay. She said, you've been, so this is a mastermind I'm leading, not mm-hmm. one that I'm a participant yes. in, because this would be super awkward if I was a participant in this. And I, so I'm, a, I'm leading this one, and the way that uh, the mastermind works that I'm doing is it's 13 weeks long, seven weeks of group, and six weeks of one-on-one. So every other week you get a one-on-one session, right? And... um. One of the participants sent me this message the other day. She said, you've been an enormous help to me in such a short time. You take on my problems and struggles as your own and can give me clear, actionable steps. I appreciate your honesty and your no sugarcoating approach. I'm excited to continue working with you. You make me a better leader. Nice work, Julie. I know, but that doesn't sound like nothing to me. Again, physical products. What physical product did you did you create for her? I didn't create exactly. A physical and product. Then, so that's where I'm having that problem. I, I, like there I, was that disconnect. I, I, I did for me. a service. I understand that, but that's where that disconnect is for me. And that yes, that's great, but you should have also like made her some cabinets or something. I, I don't know how to make cabinets. Well, bought her something off of IKEA. I don't know. That's even harder, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'd be better off. No, just starting from scratch. Starting from cut, s- Cutting down a tree and going from there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's exactly correct. All right. Well, listen, let's um let's go to break and then let's bring in our recorded interview with Tom McMakin from Defeat the Chaos. 
With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. All right, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. We've got Tom McMakin with us. Tom, we, oh my goodness, we're so excited to have you on the show. Like, as we said in the, at the beginning portion, you're a double whammy today because you're not only on our radio show, you are also on our podcast that came out today. So thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Julie. Thanks for having me. How's the weather in Montana today? You know, it's snowy and cold. I love it. I love snowy and cold. So I'm here. I'm here for the archery segment. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Archery only. Good. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, what, Tom, why why do you think the NFL is a bigger business than uh, the NBA? You know, I'm going with your scarcity thing. I I think that's good. And and violence. Let's let's be clear. Uh, Americans are addicted to violence. It's the uh, it's a crazy world out there and stressful and a little vicarious violence never hurts on a, on a Sunday afternoon. That is true. I do love a nice hit. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday night or Saturday gladiators, American gladiators. Yeah, exactly. All right. I want to dive right in because I have a, I have a pressing question for you that I am really curious about it. And it has been really on my mind since I started reading your new book, Never Say Sell. So mm. I, in full disclosure, I am not 100% done with it, um, but I'm about three quarters done. So when I read, um, uh, how, how clients buy, how buy. Clients buy. I was like, how did I forget the name of the book? I've been bragging That's about right. it for months. Yeah. When I read How Clients Buy, I was, um, it's just like, to me, it's a roadmap. It's a clear roadmap for how to sell services, right? It was just uh, brilliant. And I'm reading Never Say Sell. And there's one thing that that is on my mind as I read this entire book. And I'm wondering how a business like SB Pace addresses this. So we deal with small businesses, very small businesses, right? We're talking usually 20 or less employees, most frequently 10 or less, right? So there's not a lot of, you know, verticals inside of a business. So we're working almost always directly with the owner and we're selling them something. And one of our, the things that we pride ourselves on at, at SB Pace is that we're, we're very upfront, all-inclusive, like here's the pricing and we're not going to nickel and dime you throughout the process. Like, oh, that's an extra $500 if you want that. Or, oh, that's like 5,000 more. We don't do that to our clients, right? Even to the point where we have a client right now that we're working with. It's a coaching client. She bought a coaching package. And at, at some point through the process, she realized that she needed website development. Well, we do that. And we were really hesitant to even sell that to her because we didn't want to go against our um, commitment that we weren't going to be nickel and diming her. So the way that I approached it was we there's a lot of things you need that we offer as a service, but we don't want it to feel like we're constantly trying to sell you something. So here's when we when there's something you need, we're going to tell you we do it, but we're also going to 
offer up other people that do it if you want to go somewhere else to get it. And for me, that feels it, it feels less like we're just constantly trying to get money from our clients, but it also feels like a huge miss on opportunity for us because we all know the easiest client to get is the one you already have. So I'm just kind of curious about your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. When we did research for Never Say Sell, we found that people that offered expert services, whether it's the kind of business development services that you all offer, or whether you're an attorney or an accountant, um, that uh, year over year, and when they looked at their new revenues, 80% of those new revenues came from existing clients with some sort of add-on uh, sale, if you will. And so the question you're asking is, how do you do that without seeing sort of rapacious? How do you, how do, you do that without uh, seeming kind of salesy? I, I think there are a couple of tips here. One is um, when you scope out your first uh, engagement, make sure there's a clear endpoint. Um, look, what are we going to do here? We're going to coach you once every two weeks for the next six months in order to get you over the hump of hiring a professional CFO to, to help you with the company. Um, and that engagement is going to end in six months. And so you count it down every you know two months. You're like, we're one third of the way through. We're two thirds of the way through. How are we doing? Um, we're coaching every two weeks. It uh, looks like you've hired this person. Now we're six months through, so we're done. Congratulations, we've solved that problem. Um, hey, are there any other problems that you would like to solve? And then let's see if we can't scope something that would uh, help meet that particular challenge. So that's one, one tip. I think another tip that the big consulting firms do is they never have the person that is doing the work um, pitch the add-on work. So there's always a senior partner. The senior partner shows up, let's say that's Corey, um, shows up at the first meeting with Julie and the client and, uh, and uh, says, look, okay, we're going to do some coaching here. And then after about six months or so, Corey comes back, not having been involved in the coaching and goes, hey, I just want to check in and make sure everything's going okay. And by the way, is there anything else we can do for you? Because we've got a number of different services. And for some reason, having the helper be a separate person from the asker really helps. It's a tip that the big term, big firms all use. Does that make sense, Julie? <laughs> it, it, I'll answer for her because in this scenario, I am now the senior partner. So I appreciate right. that. Um. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the one, the first point that you brought up though, I, I didn't really think about until now that it, it's, it, and it's so obvious is that if you do a good job and if you build a good relationship, they're going to want to work with you. So it's not going to be that slimy when you say, here's another problem that we can help you solve. If they believe in what you do and what your product or your service is, they're going to want to continue to work with you, assuming they have it in the budget, et cetera. But yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think there's something here, though, which is that when you start a small services business, you, you generally follow the advice of niching yourself. Did I say that right? Niching? <laughs> niching yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't you know, follow the advice. Know, right? <laughs> yeah. You follow the advice of niching yourself. And uh, you say you're really good. Let's say you're a, an accountant and you say, I'm really good at doing taxes for nonprofits. That's my niche in the greater Atlanta metropolitan market. That's what I do. And uh, that specificity attracts new clients. Oh, 
you need a nonprofit accountant, go talk to Tom. Um, the problem is that becomes a sort of brand prison after a while because you're known for that, but you want to expand what you're known for. And so it's challenging to do that. A, a lot of times what people do is they try and house the new capacity in a new person. Um, so I'm really expert at being a nonprofit uh, tax person. Um, and I want to expand into uh, nonprofit marketing. And uh, I can tell my clients, you know, I just want to let you know that I, I recently joined forces with this excellent nonprofit marketing um, firm. And uh, to the extent that you all have marketing needs, we now have that capacity. In fact, I'd love to take you and that person out to lunch and introduce them to you. Because if I'm good at nonprofit taxes, they're even better and nonprofit marketing. I, what I thought of when you were talking, talking through that, ex, that specific example was almost like in, in Hollywood, when somebody gets typecast, they're always like, you know, exactly. Yeah. That's it's, it's just like that. So that's, that's interesting. And I never really thought about when you, when you take it, when, when you have a specific niche, what that can do to you um, in the long term, and, and then the need to expand on that. Hey, I want to jump in on something like Corey said, because I think it's interesting. He said, look, uh, they already know you. They already love you. It should be the easiest business in the whole world to get. But let's be clear. Uh, it's not always easy. So what's, e what's generally easy is if you've done a coaching gig for somebody and you want to renew that coaching gig, they know you, they know you're good, and they trust you, meaning that you've got their back. Um, so that you're both capable and you're, you're in their corner. Renewing that coaching contract is relatively easy. But there are other kinds of ways to expand your remit, if you will, inside of, a, inside of a client. And that is to do what we said, which is to do different sort of work. Um, and in that case, they do know and they love you, but they're not necessarily confident that you can do this new sort of work. I mean, I'll give you an example. I know and love and trust my neighbor, and I would have them babysit my kids all day long. But if my car broke down, um, notwithstanding the fact that I know and I love them, and I use them for babysitting services, I'm not sure I would take the old clunker next door and have them try and fix it, because I'm not sure they know how to do that kind of work. And so there is a burden when we're trying to do different kinds of work to show our clients case studies where we've done a good job and provide references for this different kind of work. There's another kind of cross-selling that occurs in clients, and that is where you want to do the same work that you've been doing, coaching, but in a different part of the business. So let's just say, for example, you work with a franchisee at McDonald's and you're a coach to that owner of the, the franchise, and you're like, you know what I'd really like to do is work with the franchisee in Marietta, not just downtown Atlanta. Um, could you introduce me? So you think, oh, they know and they love me. But the new person, while they might have heard you're quite good at coaching, they don't, they don't necessarily trust you. And so you've got some work there. You need to take them out for lunch and build some rapport before you win that uh, ancillary business, if you will. And the, the thing that we hate over here at SP Pace and mm, hate. We Yes, we hate when it comes to coaches and consultants is people who try and sell themselves for stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Oh, so the when, you're, 
when you're talking about your neighbor who's a babysitter and, you know, maybe you're having a conversation with them and you're talking about your car and it's having, it's making this sound They're like, Oh, you know, I could work on cars too. It's like, well, can you, or are you just trying to get my money? And that's gives, in my opinion, gives or our opinion, uh, consultants and coaches, just a terrible name. Cause there's so many people out there that just want to get your money and they're not qualified to do the work and they're not oh. doing the due diligence on the client either. And that was the, the terrible sales call we had, which I'll, I'll say we don't have too much time, but I'll just wrap it up real quick. We got invited to be a part of this call and we were bringing a different set of services than what the, the main uh, coach consultant was. And at some point during the call, one of the things that the other guy was pitching the client, the potential lead, the, the lead, the potential client said to him, well, you know, I've got a second business that does that already. And both Julie and I just kind of like, I could see her jaw drop and I'm sure mine did too. It's like, you, you didn't know that this client did this already. And it just spiraled down, downward from there. But yeah, that. It's the worst. And, you know, conversely, Corey, when, when someone asks you to do something, when the babysitter says, when you say, Oh, my car broke down and the babysitter goes, well, let's be clear. I know nothing about cars, but um, I use uh, Foster's Master Tech downtown. You should give them a call. They're actually building their own credibility as a consultant. So when you, let's say you don't do website development and someone asks you as a coach, like, I really need to do some website development and say, you know what, we had really good experience on our website with XYZ firm. That builds credibility because they know that you're acting in their interests, not in your own commercial interests. You're not doing what this person on the sales call did and said, huh, websites never done that before, but I could go get websites for dummies out of the library and see if I could figure that out on your dime. Anyway, that, that doesn't build trust. That's the exact, that seems money grubbing, like you say. Yeah. So that I, I love that point because with this same client who needed the website, well, we do website development. She also really needed SEO and we don't do that. So we gave a, we recommended, here's who we use. They're fantastic. Um, and I'm like, I, we offered up, we'll give you their information and we can research and give you some other people as well. So you have a choice because, you know, we're not, we don't get anything if she uses the same uh, vendor that we use for SEO. It's, but, but she doesn't know that. Right. So I want her to know, like, look, this is who we use. They're experts, but there's also some other options. And in the end, she said, I'm going to go with the one that you guys use. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, we're, we're pretty good about the recognizing we have, we have very strong partners that we work with, but I, I struggle with that whole expanding, you know, the service offering to an existing client at the risk of sounding like we're, you know, on a big money grab. So I really need to work on that. Cause I do know instinctively that it makes way more sense to try and you know, get more work with the clients we already have. There's, it takes less time and less money to get those clients to continue to work with you. Yeah. And so it's all, it's all a game of sort of inches. Like you're, you're trading off that opportunity against the sort of the power of the niche. Um, and so that's why most people, when they're trying to get new business, they say, you know what, we don't do websites, but we would love to figure out a way to coach your key employees and expand some of the language that we've developed uh, with you to the people that you're working with so that we really create a kind of machine inside of the business. Um, so most people, when they're, they're expanding their business, tend to stay close to the knitting. Love it. 
Love it. Well, we are running out of time here, Tom. So before we go, can you give our listeners one last uh, tip when it comes to just building that relationship with the uh, with potential clients? Yeah, one last tip. You know, I uh, in this world of COVID, we're not able to sort of travel as much and sit down with people um, and, uh, and and make new friends in a networking kind of way. I, one of the things that, so I have a firm that I run my sort of day job called Profitable Ideas Exchange. And what we do for big consultings, you should do for your little services firm, which is in an effort to build new relationships, we invite peers together um, to talk used to be over lunch, but now it's over Zoom, about best practices. And we don't try and be the expert on that call. We simply ask everyone questions and have this have everyone sort of share the wisdom in the room. And by underwriting the conversation, say between uh, accountants in car dealerships in greater Atlanta, um, uh, we position ourselves as an expert in that particular field. So I feel like in this era of Zoom, we should be convening Zoom calls of the people we most want to work with that are peers with each other so that they can swap, swap best practices in real time. And in a funny way, that has a kind of halo effect on our reputation for expertise in that particular niche. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. Tom, you were a great guest. Thank you so much. And I really, I sincerely mean this. I just want to stay connected with you because I feel like you are a roadmap to success for SB Pace because you just, you're so brilliant at this stuff. So I really appreciate your time today and, you know, on both the podcast and on the show, you've just, you've been so generous. Thank you. Wow. Julie, I'm blushing. Thank you so much. Well, big fan of the show. Thank you guys for having me on. Yep. Thank you, Tom. And we can connect, or if you want to connect with Tom, his information is going to be in the show notes for this, correct? Yeah, but already yeah, good. Oh, perfect. It's already out there. So great. Thanks, Tom. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Well, we hope that you enjoyed that replay of our interview on Defeat the Chaos, and you can check out all of our live shows on Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel every Thursday at 9 a.m., and be sure to check out our other podcasts on BizQuick Podcast. We release those every Tuesday and Thursday. Julie, you got anything else? I do not. Thanks for tuning in.